Hi guys! Oh man, I'm so happy to be back here recording another podcast for you. I'm super excited for this episode of part two for Eating for You. It has been a couple of hectic last couple days, a whirlwind of changes. So I've got my three-year-old in school now, so I'm like, oh my gosh, we have a kid in school. That's just so crazy. So she's in school, I've got my toddler with me during the day, and I've got my little baby coming soon. So lots of excitement around here. Our house is about to be turned upside down, but we are so excited. We are so looking forward to all these changes. Um, It's just, yeah, it's been kind of crazy. So I'm really excited to be back on here and sharing part two of eating for you. I can't wait, you guys. It's going to be awesome. Grab a paper and a pen because I'm going to be sharing some good notes with you and you might want to write them down. Okay, so soon I will see you in the episode. You're listening to Erica's Healthy Habits, a health and wellness podcast created to motivate, inspire, and hopefully teach you something new. Let this episode ignite your inner fire and inspire you to become your best self. Here's your host, Erica Steinke. Okay, guys, we are back. Let's dive in with eating for your blood type. I was mind blown when I first started reading about this and educating myself on this topic. I had no idea that there were specific ways that you could eat for your blood type. I mean, it's just crazy, but it's also kind of like, well, duh, we're all different. We all have this bio-individuality, but our blood types are so important and they're so key for how we could be eating and how we could be nourishing ourselves. So not to mention that all of this information was crazy for me, but when I read about my specific blood type, so I'm A positive, it was spot on. It was spot on for me. So crazy. It was introduced in a a book called Eat Right for Your Type, and it focuses on four diets for the four blood types. And I really want to emphasize as we get into this that I'm not an expert, but I do think that this information is really, really useful and a great tool to understand and look at your body from another angle. So for today's episode, I'm going to focus on immune boosters specifically, especially as the seasons are changing, our immune systems are adapting. You know, if you're living in a warm climate, you might be fading into fall. So, you know, we've got all of those changes going on in our bodies. A lot of, I don't know about you guys, but lately I've been waking up with sore throats in the morning just because we are going from hot summer to that cool fall feeling. So I think that these things are really good and they're going to keep you energized. And it'll also give you better insight to how you can eat for your blood type. So if you're blood type O, make sure you have a pen. I'm going to start listing a few things. These are some good boosters for you. So leaner meats such as beef and lamb, green veggies like spinach, kale, broccoli, and spices like ginger, red pepper, and turmeric. You can put those things in your tea. That's always a really good idea. Berries are really good like blueberries, and this is the same for all blood types. So blueberries are one of the recommended things for everything, and not to mention it's good food for your brain as well as well as lentils. Now there are way more foods out there. You you guys can go and do your own research, but these are just a few that I think are good to have in mind, have in your pantry, and they're really, really good for keeping your immune system strong, especially as we change seasons. Foods that you might want to avoid could be, believe it or not, cow's milk, 
wheat breads, white potatoes, and as most diets recommend, processed sugars. So those are a few for blood type O, and as we move on to blood type A, some of the things are very similar, but they do recommend less meat because it can have this fatigue-like feeling after you eat it, which for me was so, so true. Like I took away red meat at the beginning of this year and felt a huge increase of energy, felt way better, way clearer. It was just crazy how, how spot on that was for me. And that might not be the same for you, but I think that having the information is, is really useful. So some boosters for food type, for blood type A, could be soy foods, fish, avocado, olive oils, blueberries again, red berries like raspberries and and um, and cherries, pineapple, and some greens similar to type O, so broccoli, kale, spinach, and things to avoid like I said, red meats, and then nightshade veggies. These are veggies that some believe can cause inflammation as well like white potatoes, tomatoes, eggplant, and unfortunately, because I love them, bell peppers. Now, I'm not telling you to take these things out of your diets, but if you're focusing on boosting your immune system, these are kind of some things that you might want to not be having in the next couple weeks, and maybe you'll see a difference, and maybe you don't. If you don't, put them back in, eat them how you like them, and enjoy. (laughs) Like I said, take this all with a grain of salt, because these are studies that are just coming out this year, and I do think that you know, you can have this as an additional reference, of course, but I think that it's just good information. It's good information to have. And again, like I said, with type O and all the other types as well, processed sugar is something we should probably avoiding for all scenarios. And with those of you with blood type B, your immune boost systems can be looked at from lamb, oily fish, dairy products like kefir and Greek yogurt, some greens, same as type O, uh, again, broccoli, spinach, and kale, same spices as type O, and you get your berries and your cherries as well. And things to be avoided, so things like chicken, shellfish, corn, sesame seeds and sesame oils, lentils, and buckwheat. So there you have quite a difference, for example, as blood type O. And those are things that you might want to be looking at avoiding just to keep your immune system as strong as possible. And lastly, we have our blood type A, Bs. Your go-to foods, basically, to keep in mind, are a mix of both blood type A and blood type B. You guys get the best of both worlds. These are foods that you can avoid, and they're similar mainly to blood type B. So we're talking about chicken, buckwheat, also corn, sesame seeds, kidney, and lima beads as well. Bananas, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but believe it or not, coffee is something that should also be avoided. Sorry, don't blame me, I'm just the messenger. The general idea behind the blood types are that the specific foods can both be beneficial and harmful to your diet. So with nutrition, of course, comes exercise, And each blood type has a recommended way of exercising as well. So hang on for a moment. Hang tight. We're going to take a little break. And then we are going to dive in to talking about how you can eat, not only for your blood type, but also for your level of activity on a daily basis. Just wanted to let all that info sit in. So now diving into eating for your level of activity, 
It is super important to know that it doesn't only come down to choosing organic over processed or simply a banana over a croissant because the time of the day is also super, super important. So let's talk about breakfast. Some of you are thinking, oh man, I don't have time for that or only if I could actually eat at that time or when I eat so early I feel sick. How many of you are a grabbing a coffee and go kind of people? No shaming here. I did that a few years ago as well, especially when I was studying. It was always just a coffee and that was plenty for me. But it's not necessarily ideal for our health, especially on days when we plan to exercise. So let's go over our options. If you're relying on carbs for breakfast, like white bread or a croissant, you may feel that dip in energy around 10 or 11 a.m. Am I right? Same goes for sugary cereals or regular pancake waffle mix, for example. If you're thinking that you love your toast and orange juice breakfast, try to aim to eat something like a whole grain bread and adding some protein to the plate like a slice of turkey or a light spread of peanut butter with chia seeds. If you are craving something sweeter, you can aim for Greek yogurt or oatmeal, something with nuts, berries, maple syrup. These recommendations are all common, yes, but definitely a good kick of energy each morning. A study that was recently done by the USDA started, stated sorry, that women between 19 to 25 were recommended to consume between 2,000 and 2,400 calories in a day. And women between 26 and 50 were recommended to consume between 1,800 and 2,200 calories. If you ask me, there's a big difference between the years that are lived between 26 and 50 and 19 and 25. I don't want to make this podcast about numbers or equations or anything like that, but I do want to highlight and emphasize that you should focus on consuming the right and energizing foods for your level of activity. Of course, if you are aiming to lose weight, sometimes being calorie conscious is important, but again, it comes down to nourishing yourself with the right foods at the right times of the day. If you're a runner, swimmer, climber, biker, some ideal foods for you or your way of eating could be oatmeal, eggs, lean meats, veggies like sweet potatoes, legumes, avocados, and so much more. Foods that are high in fiber like nuts are also a really good go-to food for energy. If you're a yogi or you practice Pilates, your muscles are also key for strength. So some energizing snacks for you could be berries, bananas, nut butters, egg, homemade hummus, some cheeses, carrots, and celery. These are all really good things to eat prior and also to help recuperate after you get a good workout. After working out, like I was saying, recuperation is also super important. So you need to restore the glycogen in your muscles. Both carbs and proteins are recommended for this. Fats, you guys, are also super important. And yes, there are good and bad fats. You have your good and healthy fats, such as the monosaturated and the polysaturated. So your monosat fats, those include avocados, olive oil, sesame, and avocado oil, nut butters, and nuts like almonds and hazelnuts. Your polysat fats, those include seeds, fish like salmon, tuna, sardines, walnuts, soy milk, and tofu are some good examples. And then you've got your bad fats, the trans and the saturated fats. Trans fats come from those processed foods like cookies, donuts, muffins, pizza, doughs, crackers, chips, etc. You get the deal. And your saturated fats are coming from things like red meats, like beef, lamb, pork, 
whole fat dairy products, ice creams, and tropical oils, for example. Basically, as you know in your gut, consuming a good variety and keeping it as whole as possible is a great place to start. As your level of activity increases or decreases, you'll notice a difference in the energy and the caloric intake that your body needs and the things that you need. Don't be afraid to try new things and test out what works best for you. This is a lot of fun. There's a lot of good things that go into food, recipe searching, cooking, and of course, eating it. So enjoy it. Okay, guys, that is the end of part two for eating for you. I hope you enjoyed it. And don't mind sharing if you did. Please send me a message. Share this podcast. I hope you have another episode ready for you guys by October, just before baby three makes her way in. But till then, I will see you guys on social media. Thank you so much for listening, and I can't wait to see you in the next episode. 